podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hi, everybody. Welcome to In the Thicket. Today, we're talking to Kat about conversations and those moments where it just kind of feels awkward and you're second guessing your own ability to interact with other humans, um, particularly after we're coming out of a period of a lot of isolation. Um, so we'll be talking about how to navigate some of those challenges and, um, and just love others who we meet along the way. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to In the Thicket. Um, yeah. I'm Rachel, and I'm joined here by Nicole and our guest, Kat, today. We're missing one of our Hello. usual... Hi, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> We're missing one of our usual comrades and comrades in arms. Is that is it comrades that's plural? Comrades in arms. I think, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Erin's missing. We miss her, but um, we're going to do her proud, and, and we're so happy to have Kat. Um, so yeah, how's it going, you guys? This is... It's I'm projecting because we're going to be airing this in the fall, mm-hmm. but it is the summer right now. And how's everybody's summer going? Nicole, how's your summer going? Good. So I'm, you know, right now as we're recording, I'm about just about three and a half weeks out from moving from Toronto to Nashville for my new job. And so, you know, by the time this episode airs, I'll have done the move and I'll be, I'll be in the swing of, of teaching uh, and everything. So, um, so right now it's like a a mixture of like trying to do a million things to get ready for, for this move, but also feeling, get feeling more and more relaxed where I'm just like, well, you know, I'm doing what I can do and there's only so much I can do. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to make sure I'm getting good sleeps and, you know, starting to enjoy some, you know, catch ups with people as things are opening up here. Um, so it's good. I have to say, you know, I can't really complain. It's been, it's been good. Yeah. How about you, Rachel? I'm doing well. My uh, brother got married a few weeks ago, which was kind of crazy and awesome um, in the middle of kind of a COVID lockdown restricted situation, but it went really, really well. Um, And now I'm just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. My life has already changed. I've moved back in with my parents, which is awesome because I'm very close with them. So that's a gift. And Um, but just kind of adjusting to my coursework and whatever that's requiring of me right now. And yeah, just lots of listening. That's what I said at the end of our, our last season is like, I feel called to listen. So I'm just listening a lot in prayer to the Lord right now, which is kind of interesting, but yeah, Kat, how's your summer going? (laughs) If you asked me a couple of weeks ago, it was definitely in a like a more tense time. I started a new role at the hospital that I work at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually living in a phrase that actually I coined from you, Rachel, like sort of like a sort of like tilt of hope. Like I'm sort <laughs> of living in that sort of like period right now. Um, by the time likely this airs in the fall, I will hopefully already be married, question mm-hmm. mark. Um, <laughs> not a question mark that I want to get married, just a question mark mm-hmm. on <laughs> What is life going to look like then? But as of right now, I'm living in a state of hope. Uh, things are opening up. So we're exploring options where we can actually celebrate like with more and more of our like loved ones, still praying for his family to come mm. and, you know, just experiencing like the world opening up a little bit more. So that's really, really nice and like very hopeful for like um, the role that I work at 
and the hospital. So yeah, glints of hope. So that's where I'm at <laughs> presently. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, actually. I think some, like some of you guys who are listening are in the States or like, you know, and maybe in other places that are also opening up, but it must, I, I feel like sometimes when I, I watch a lot of sports as people who listen to podcasts may know that I watch sports and it's like a different world when you watch, like when you watch an NBA mm-hmm. game or whatever, somewhere in the States and you're like, that is like normal crowds of people and just feels right. like a different world from here in Ontario right now in the summer. So, totally. so yeah, I mean, Kat, we're just kind of chatting, but people don't necessarily know, you know, anything about you. So wh- why don't you just share a little bit about who, who you are, the essence of Kat. <laughs> the essence of Kat. I did not prepare for that, but that's okay. <laughs> that's um, I'm like, that's a, um, that might be actually a hard question. <laughs> I've lived in a lot of different places. I was almost a perpetual student for 10 years. I'm currently working as a nurse at a kids rehab hospital. Um, I used to work inpatient and now work in clinics. I love it. Um, which Rachel will attest was not always the case. And um, that's what I would do professionally, but who is the essence of me? <laughs> yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's not the question. The question. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. you know, just a little bit of more maybe about yourself personally and your faith and stuff like that. Sure. So I live in Toronto now. Uh, when I met Rachel, I was in London, Ontario, which I would say was the beginning. I've always, like I was born and raised a Catholic. My faith journey has been a lot of many things, but I sort of got an opportunity to experience the Lord more through my university studies and that time at Rachel. And yeah, and I, the Lord really took me on a real journey in those years of school and, you know, really introduced me to himself. And I've been living in a, you know, good, but sometimes tumultuous relationship with the Lord for the past, like <laughs> more than 10 years now. Um, arguably like my entire existence, but, you know, um, (laughs) as an adult, it's been its own time though. Yeah. I, I really love my faith. I love that I get to share it with my family. I love that I get to share it with my fiance. I love that I get to share it with my friends and I'm always happy to talk about it. So if anybody ever wants to chat to me about Jesus, I always have words. (laughs) That is all. (laughs) I love it. I love that. When was that term used? Uh, something in tumultuous, a good but tumultuous. Range? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is great. Great. I feel like that's that's really like honest and accurate. <laughs> but like a lot of us, you know, in faith, are it's like a good, you know, it's not always uh, just hunky dory, you know, with God. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're like, why? What? What's you know? And yeah, we continue and it's good. <laughs> yeah, there was this, um, I don't, I don't know if you guys saw this, but when Oprah was still on, she had like the Dominican sisters from, I wonder, it might've been even in Nashville. I don't know where they were from. Oh, the Nashville Dominicans, probably. Yeah, I think it might've been. And one of the, she had them on the show and it was actually a really great episode in terms of like how it characterized, um, you know, religious life. It was really good. Mm. So, but this sister was on and, and she was a young sister and, 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 uh, Oprah was kind of getting it actually. And she was like, Oh, you, you're like married to Jesus. And she's like, yeah, she's like, and it's kind of like a real marriage, you know, there's, there's ups and downs. And she's like, the only problem is when there's downs, you know, you, you can never blame your spouse because <laughs> he's perfect. She's like, it's kind of yeah. annoying, but like, <laughs> but yeah. So, 
Um, Kat, we are so excited to talk to you about social awkwardness, <laughs> but not because I, like when Nicole, Aaron and I were talking about this episode, I was like, I know the perfect person, but not because you are a socially awkward person, because I think you're like a friendship expert and yet you're not like a schmoozer. You're somebody who kind of leans into the, whatever the situation might be, the awkwardness of the situation. And you just have like a million friends. And so we thought like friendship. That's true. It's true. Actually, I have a story to illustrate this about Kat. So um, this is like, I don't even know if you're going to remember this Kat. Maybe you will. I think this was probably three or four years ago. So within the first couple of years that I'd moved to Toronto and I was, I don't know, we had maybe met once or twice. Like I didn't really know you, Um, but I was about to go and walk to this lecture that I had to attend and I was running late and you remember this, so you're nodding. Okay. Um, and I remember you were just, you had your, your car in the Newman, the new, the, the driveway of the Newman center at the university of Toronto. And, and you just saw me and you just said, hi. And you asked where I was going. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to the lecture. And you were just like, you want to drive? And I was just kind of like, yeah, sure. Cause like something about the way that you just approached me as this person, you don't really know that well. It just seemed very normal of just like, oh yeah, of course I'll just accept the ride with this person that I hardly know, you know? And then we had a lovely chat and you dropped me off and, and I was actually running late. And so because I was like, you offered me this drive, I made it to this lecture on time. And, and I just remember being like, huh like this is a great human <laughs> like yeah and that was that was one of my like the first times I think that I'd met you so that's that's a little uh, a little image of of what Kat is like I think yeah let's a hundred percent like Kat all the time I think with literally everybody which is amazing so yeah you know we're gonna need some some friendship expert relationship advice for like the social awkwardness that we're all about to embark on is lockdown hopefully completely ends and we get back to kind of human relationships. So yeah. Um, speaking of, so I was wondering, like, so we're, we've been in this pandemic for a year and three months now. Um, and it's been obviously so strange and overwhelming, but what has, what, if you had to describe like that experience in a few words or, you know, sentences, if that's possible for you guys, um, what has that been like? Kat, what has it been like for you in the pandemic? So I may have a different experience than a lot of people because I pretty much worked all through the pandemic and my work environment didn't effectively change in terms of social interaction. Um, but it did mean that I didn't have a variety of social interactions. Like most of my interactions were like professional and a lot of my social interactions weren't so. And if anybody knows me, I'm terrible at like internet communication. Um, so if I don't see you regularly, like face to face, it often will feel like I probably dropped off the face of the earth. Um, so I think from a social standpoint, it's really felt isolating, even though I didn't necessarily stop interacting with people on a daily basis. So it's been that, but it also has allowed me to invest a bit more in my home relationships because I'm home all the time. Um, though it has been a real challenge in terms of faith because a lot of my faith experience relied on community and not having community obviously was a challenge that I'm looking forward to becoming less so as things open up a bit more. So that's been my pandemic experience. Yeah. yeah. But you, Nicole. 
Yeah. I mean, and I'm just like hearing what you're saying, you know, you have a lot of, um, a lot there. I'm sure that many will relate to, but talking about how you, a lot of your, um, interactions were on this professional in this professional setting and that that's, that's not the same as just hanging out with friends. Right. Nope. Um, at, right. And so, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's, I think that's good to, um, to think about. So like, yeah, for me, I think, you know, I live, I live in a household with, um, like seven other people. And so, so I'm really blessed in that way that there's, I, I haven't been like totally isolated or anything like that. Um, I've had like, you know, these girls that I live with to kind of get to know better and stuff like that. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm naturally more of an introverted person. Um, and I like, I like being around people, but I, I like my alone time. So at first, you know, when, when, when everything kind of locked down, you know, March of, of 2020, I was honestly a little bit, there was a, there was a sense in me where I was like relieved because all of these evening social engagements or stuff, I just like, I didn't have to do that. And I was like, I could, I could just sort of, I don't know. It was just, there's a kind of a relief there or whatever. Um, but I think as, as time has gone by with that, I've, I've, what I've noticed in myself is that I, um, when I've had like started to see friends or, or even just interact with people out, I don't know, randomly in the store or whatever. I have a funny story actually about an interaction with my dentist, but anyways, um, that I, it's like, uh, whatever insecurities that I have about, you know, with, with other people or interaction and stuff like that, uh, that I maybe haven't thought about for a long time or haven't experienced, like they're coming up again because I'm just out of practice in a sense of interacting, especially with kind of like friend acquaintances, you know, people that you, you know, but they're not like super close, but you also, they're not just total strangers, you know? Um, and just like forgetting how to, how do you like, how do you have these conversations? What's normal, you know? And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel like I was too weirdly friendly there. Or wow, I'm, I was, will I standoffish? And like, is this me? Am I just totally this person who's just doesn't know how to talk to people, you know, and all of this stuff comes up because it's just like, I'm not, I'm not used to it anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's been other, other stuff in terms of my overall pandemic experience. There's of course, lots of things I could talk about, but in terms of like this sort of social, uh, these social factors, I think that's, that's what's just, you know, that I'm experiencing now that emerging out of it. I'm like, Oh, I have to like relearn these skills and like, and know that it's okay. You know? I think that's, it's one of the most important to me anyways, one of the most important parts of the pandemic is like how, I mean, for any, for anyone, I think it's just obviously one of the most important ones is how our social lives have been affected by it because it's about how we like as human beings have just been impact because that's just such a human thing like yeah. relationship is just such a human thing right um yeah. but it's funny the dentist or I want to hear it because I my I also wanted to ask you guys what was the most socially awkward thing you've been through <laughs> in the in the pandemic you know um I'm trying to think for me I think for me honestly it was probably dating like because I am I'm, mm. I'm dating in general I guess you know and so like and, and not that actually I had really good experiences with some of the people that I went out with but but it's just the whole concept because it's like, how do you, like, you don't know each other, but you have to like navigate a Zoom call or, you know, or you have to navigate meeting up, which in normal life is awkward anyways. But then <laughs> now you're like, do are you like, okay with us wearing masks and standing this far apart? Like you, it's so weird. It was just the right. weirdest, most awkward thing. But mm-hmm. I mean, it was good too. I met some cool people that way, but 
yeah, <laughs> dating for me, super socially awkward in pandemic times and in regular times, but more so pandemic. Um, what yeah, about you? More life. Yeah, totally. Kat, what about you? What, what's the most socially awkward thing that you've been through? It's most socially awkward? I think it's really trailing on the same thing as what Nicole said. Like, there's really, like, there's really only extremes. It's like, you're really only like, somehow I'm talking to you in my professional voice and I don't know when that started. Or (laughs) it's like, I am divulging way too much information to you. And also, I was saying to Rachel when she first brought up the questions, I was like, you know, the most probably enduring thing is that like I no longer understand the volume of my own voice so I'll often catch myself working and now I work in a cubicle space that I share with at least eight other people and I often find myself making chit chat in a volume that I realize like way too late like the entire floor can hear me (laughs) so there's that like that's super enduring at this point um in terms of like small points that are like like embarrassing there's probably countless I just don't remember exactly right now um but I did actually say that one of the things like in terms of like people getting like too close or like you kind of forget your social barriers Mm or is like I was just getting off the phone with a colleague that I like chatted over zoom and I am almost like pretty certain that she ended the call with love you like really really (laughs) and I and I recognize like like I just like let it go and I was like maybe I heard that incorrectly but and it's possible that I did but if she had I almost don't blame her because I've caught myself almost doing that to other people um and most of the time I'm calling people professionally so there's that (laughs) but it's like when you have a really great interaction with somebody you most of the time that interaction is with people that you're super close with at this point, like your family members or your best friends. And like, you know, when you have that with somebody, you almost forget and your emotional self just wants to tell you, tell the other person that you love them because that's a common (laughs) and and worthwhile sign off, except not with your colleague or the people (laughs) that you are with. So I mean, there's that, but yeah. Honestly, like I'm thinking about going back as like for everybody to go back into like in quotes, normal life, I guess it's almost like the first day of school, you know, like, you know, when you're in the first day of school and you're like, oh my gosh, like I know there's people here that are my old friends, but we've spent a summer apart. And like, I don't really know if we know each other that well anymore. And like, there's all these new people now. And you just, you're just, you don't know, you're not sure of yourself. And it's like, you're in a new grade. And that's what it feels like. We're all in like grade Mm. nine and you know it's a, it's a real hard, it's a real hard time out there. That's great. Even as somebody who was homeschooled my entire life, Rachel, like, I'm like, oh, that, that analogy makes a lot of sense, you know? (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I'm not sure. I have, don't share the homeschool experience, but I feel like school in general, right. Just can bring up Mm -hmm. even maybe homeschool, like, I guess, cause you guys would do like sports and stuff with other kids or like, you know, Oh, totally. You know, and if you go to whatever co-ops or different groups and stuff and like, and there, and it's like, you don't really know. Maybe, maybe it's a random group of people who all showed up on this thing. Maybe it's people you've actually been with week to week, but you don't spend a lot of time with, with, I mean, I don't know what the homeschooling is like now. Maybe there's all, and I think it's different for everybody, but this is, you know, maybe back in the nineties or whatever. Right. Or the early two thousands. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not that that old. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, but definitely there's, there's, and I mean, I mean, that okay, that's the whole stereotype around homeschoolers is that, that we're right. all just totally socially inept, right? Um, <laughs> which is maybe true for me in some cases, uh, my siblings less so, but I've always, you know, I've always like thought of myself as like, oh yeah, I'm a little bit awkward. Is, is it because I'm homeschooled or is it because <laughs> I'm not that, you know, is it just yeah. me? <laughs> like, I don't know. Just my DNA. It's just yeah. awkward. I love yeah, that. Yeah, something. But um, so you had asked about my dentist story, you know, oh, and so yeah. this is, yeah, this is about, oh, when was this? Like a, a few months ago, I think. And so, you know, went to the dentist, uh, just getting the, my teeth cleaned or whatever. And, um, and my hygienist was actually, you know, it's like impossible to have a conversation with your dental hygienist but they yeah. keep trying anyways. Yes, but like, yes. um, but that actually was, she, I don't know how she had like the, the timing down when she like talked or asked questions that we actually were able to have like a conversation. So anyways, so we were chatting and it was just like, you know, we started talking about like dating and we're both like, you know, like women in our thirties and like what's dating like now and, and all these different things and talking about the pandemic. And we were just like clicking in a lot of things. And I was like, oh, this is like refreshing to just talk to somebody who's like, who gets it and all this stuff. Right. So that's nice. But like under normal circumstances, I would not usually say, do you want to hang out sometime? Like, do you want to grab a drink and just like, you know, become friends basically. But I did that. Um, <laughs> And then, and she was like, she was like, oh, sure, da, 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 you know? And then at the end of the appointment, I think both of us were all of a sudden like, wait, <laughs> this is a, this is a little weird. Anyways, so we have, I never hung out with my, my dental hygienist, but, I, uh, but, but it was like, you know, it was one of those things where it's, I think, I don't know. It's, it's like, okay, I have a lot of, I have a lot of people in my life who I'm close to and who I've been able to stay in touch with you know, over FaceTime and I don't, you know, my family lives far away. So, so interactions with them are over FaceTime anyways. And then with many of my, my close friends, same thing, like we, you know, even those podcasts, like when we're, we're talking, it's, it's in distance. So, but I'm like, there must be this human need for in-person interaction because otherwise, why would I have a shared so openly, like Kat, you're saying like kind of oversharing, you know, a little bit with my dental hygienist, yeah. you know, and then ask her to hang out sometime. <laughs> like there must be something in me that is just starving <laughs> for this in-person, you know, connection. Um, and then all of a sudden I feel awkward after, but I'm like, actually, like there's some, there's something there, you know, like, I don't it's know. It's so cute. I love story. that. That's yeah. so endearing. I mean, Kat, I feel like that's totally up your alley though. I feel like that's something that Kat would do even non-pandemic time because you just mm -hmm. are like, like, like offering Nicole a ride. That's just your MO. Like you just are more friendly, I think, than most people and really comfortable in that. So my, like, I think our big kind of question is like, okay, we're all going to get out there and be socially awkward with our dental hygienists and or <laughs> mailmen and other people. And, you know, and how do we, when we kind of do the faux pas or like overshare or do these things that you guys are talking about, like how, what do you find helpful in overcoming the awkwardness when you fail in social situations? Or like, how do you kind of get back up on the horse, you know? So what's been your experience? doing that because you always do you never give up <laughs> well I think I I shared this yesterday and like thinking about this but like I think part of it is approaching interactions with like curiosity but also like with a lot of compassion you sort of have to have like a natural curiosity to get to know the other person and get to like understand them and try to find some common ground um and then you kind of have to like lean into that like I, I'm using that term without like the full, I've never read the book, but 
it's kind of like that, like, I'm just gonna be curious and I'm going to enact my curiosity and I'm not going to think too much about what that looks like. Um, Mm. But I think it's really important now, especially like to also have a lot of compassion, like, because I think Mm -hmm. we're not really used to interacting with people who aren't in our closest sphere of people. So you're either going to approach that with like a lot of like timidness, or you're Mm -hmm. going to approach that in the like dental hygienist, like let's Mm -hmm. hang out, get drinks. Like, you know, and, and it's really natural to be eat both of those things. Cause I think actually really glad that you described it as starving Nicole. Cause like, I think that's what motivates that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a good thing. Like if you lean into that, then you'll naturally be more curious to the people that you're going to be with. Cause you're like, Oh, I really just want to get to know you. Like, Mm -hmm. and then, but kind of a compassion too, to recognize like everybody's kind of out of practice and it's like the first day of camp or school. It's like, you're, you're not going to know the other person's boundaries. You're not going to know the other person's like things. And you're not almost, you're all, you're also not going to know how you're going to react to other people. Like it's going to be like uncertain stimuli. You're going to be like, Oh, I don't know why I reacted that way. Um, So I think both of those things are kind of important in approaching Mm -hmm. it. And like, that's, if I were to categorize it, like that's probably the same as pre-pandemic for me. Mm. But some of the things that like having more compassion now, like I do feel like there was a lot more forgiveness in general, like social forgiveness for a lot of different things before versus now because our interactions are so sparse. It's like mm. even in the most few interactions, like your sample of five instead of 50, you're like, am I a terrible socializer? are all people this awful or like you know like you're just like there's so much stuff involved I think like actually I was going to use this actual example because earlier you're like is it because I was homeschooled or my DNA and when you said homeschooled I shook my head but then when you said DNA I nodded was it because I believed that it was like it was because I was thinking about it from the sense of like I wasn't homeschooled and I am still aware of my social awkwardness so it's not that it's like in me, but I nodded and like, in a it's like a very social faux pas. So it's like, I think it also helps to acknowledge like, Hey, like either I might, I was really got really excited. I, I didn't mean to say that or, or right. to say like, Hey, like maybe if somebody says something and that kind of touches the nerve and you're not ready to talk about it, it's, it's kind of okay to say like in a compassionate way to say like, Hey, like, I don't really want to talk about that topic, but like, we can chat about something else or like, Hey, like what about this thing to talk about? So it's kind of also allowing both people to share a moment of compassion of like, Mm -hmm. Hey, in this conversation, we're still trying to get to know each other. Um, What else? I think there's also a lot more contentious topics too, that people Mm -hmm. can talk about once we start like reconnecting with people. Um, People have different viewpoints on like lockdowns and social distancing and vaccines and Mm -hmm. governments and Mm -hmm. you name it people have a thought um and I think it's really important to maybe lead from a place of like connecting as human beings first like it's probably good to establish like what scenarios you're comfortable with like Mm -hmm. but outside of that it's really important to also like get to know the people maybe ask for their opinion on something if you feel like that's like a good if that's your conversation style um but I think in general it's probably better to lead with who are you as a person what kind of things do you like mm-hmm. um 
versus like, hey, what do you think about this thing that's happening in the world? Because unless you're really, really into that and, you know, what's the word, like confrontational type of conversation styles really impassionate you, it's not probably the best way to start every conversation. Um, So that's my sort of thoughts on reconnecting with people. But it's like, even now I'm like, let's hang out more. Because like... (laughs) It's it's weird. Like most of the time, if I do socialize with people, I've got a mask on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, your faces. Mm-hmm. I miss them. <laughs> so like, yeah, I think there's that. I think it's also it's also good to establish too. like, I think for the most for the first part of this, before we can really get close from a physical proximity place, it's always good to like really wait and see how close you can be with other people. Um, And it's good to always like, if you notice somebody is uncomfortable, it's always the right thing to do to step back and to Mm -hmm. acknowledge like, Hey, maybe that's not where we're at yet. Um, Because I think that's going to be naturally part of it. You're going to like be starving and you're going to be like, but wait, actually it's good to take a step back. So totally. Oh, there's so much good in what you were just saying, Kat. And um I think what what sticks out to me, you know, one of the things that sticks out to me is just that of, of that having compassion and to remember that, okay, you know, like I think one of our reasons for wanting to to share this, um, to have this episode is to be like, if you are feeling like you suck at social interactions now, don't worry, it's not just you. Like a lot of people, if not everyone, are going through this, you know, and just so people can know, like it's okay, this is normal. We're all adjusting, it's all good, you know. Mm-hmm. But also for us to to not just think about like, for me, I'm like, okay, it's great for me to hear that I'm not the only one, but also then I have to remember that anytime I'm going into an interaction, the other person also might be feeling awkward and maybe even more than me. And so just to like have that compassion understanding, you know, I, um, I was talking to somebody the other day and I won't say who it was because I didn't actually ask if I could share this story, but I'm going to share it because it's kind of funny. Uh, and so, um, so he was telling me how he had, you know, gone for a walk and he saw a couple guys standing outside standing out um just on the, the university of toronto campus and as he was walking by and one of them was wearing these shoes they're called like zero drop shoes or something they're like good for your feet because they don't have anyways whatever and so he saw him wearing he's like oh yeah like i like these shoes too like it's like some niche kind of thing you know so he just like, went to the by and was like hey are those like uh those zero drop shoes or whatever and the guy was just like yeah and then he was like okay cool yeah like I used to have those but now I wear like this other brand da, da, da. and the guy was just like okay and then Uh-oh. so then he was just like okay anyways bye <laughs> and was just kind of like what just happened you know yeah. um and just to realize that as we're trying to establish like I share this to say like as we're trying to establish connections with people or in any way you know whether it's with random strangers or with you know people who we kind of know or whoever like there there's going to be moments of awkwardness and you know to be kind of sensitive to where the other person's at but also know like that's okay you know it's okay if the other person's awkward too it doesn't mean that you know, it can be kind of patient with that and also have compassion on myself and everybody just like, you know, just like, let's just get, we'll just wade this out. We'll be fine. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think what, um, one of the things I like about what you just said, Nicole, and even all the stuff that you're saying, Kat is like the context for this should be courage. Like we all have to have courage Mm -hmm. and just get out there and be human again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
we, we are starving, like both of you said, and we need to do it. So when all these weird things happen to have, you know, to continue to be curious, to cover it with compassion and then just pray for courage and just keep going out there. Cause depending on the kind of person that someone is like, it could be so gut-wrenching to fail socially sometimes. Totally. Throw in the towel and you're like, well, I guess I learned how to be a loner in the pandemic. So now I can just do that for the rest of my life. You know, like don't do that. Reach out and just like be human, like make friends, like talk to people again and, and like muddle your way through it. Like we all will, because we need that so badly. Um, one other thing we're going to, we're going to kind of get to God soon, but, um, when Kat, I approached you about this topic, you mentioned something, I think selfishness in relationships mm-hmm. in the pandemic. So I was wondering if you could just touch on that, like what your thought about that was. Yeah. So one of the things that I kind of thought about as like preparing for this, when you first asked, I was like, you know, something I've really noticed for myself is that like the pandemic, because I feel so isolated has allowed me to become more selfish. And like, I'm more selfish in my internal thoughts. Um, Hmm. So like, I have less patience for like drivers on the road, which is my primary situation. Um, (laughs) But it's also like, I, I naturally don't feel like I need to reach out as much. And I think it's also that like, sometimes in the conversations I do have, I, I find myself and other people will tell me that I've dominated the conversation by just talking about myself. But I think it's partially because, you know, some of it is like, I don't have the socialization, but I also like feel like, you know, you lack the connections with people and it's naturally put you in your own world. So Mm -hmm. when you're in your own world, you can just keep your own, you keep your own ideas, you keep your own Mm -hmm. like wants, you keep your own needs, you keep all those things to the exclusion of others. Um, And it, kind of creates the habit of selfishness. So instead of being like the back and forth that naturally happens in social interacting throughout the day with all sorts of different people in all sorts of different relationships where you're kind of like, oh, I don't have, I have natural stop points for like, I just want a thing or I'm just going to do a thing. Um, that doesn't happen in pandemic. So I've found myself to be more selfish and that comes out in a myriad of ways. And I think that it's probably good for us to like, it's good for me. And I'm going to say for us probably, because like, I think it's probably useful to like reflect on what are the ways that I've become more selfish or what are the ways in which like maybe my starvation overtakes natural things that I would normally not do. Um, And I think it's probably good to also just like, think about the ways in which like we can reach out more that feel comfortable and safe, because that's also a thing that like, not only has it been drilled in us, but, you know, naturally we want to keep safe in the ways that we think is best. Um, and sometimes when we recognize other people don't feel the same way or don't have that same threshold, like we naturally want to exclude them because that's how mm-hmm. we've been like sort of socialized in this mm-hmm. pandemic world. Mm-hmm. So it's, probably good to sort of do a check-in I have I've had to check in um and it's a hard habit to break so if you don't keep trying it's going to be impossible and I think it's going to be really hard then to make meaningful relationships if you're super habitually selfish and not in a poor way not not like not even in an intentional way but just because 
that's a habit and that's a pattern. So that's so good. Yeah. I just, I thought that was such a nugget of wisdom when we sort of had a, you know, like a a bit of chat, even as you're explaining it now, you, you sort of added more layers to what you had mentioned to me. And I think it really made me think when you mentioned that, because, um, it's a, it's a, what's that word? It's a barrier, right? Like, like Mm -hmm. selfishness is a barrier to love. It just is. And Mm -hmm. I think not knowing that that barrier is there is not the Lord's will for us. Like, so, you know, if you're a Christian or a Catholic or you believe in God or you have, you know, but even if you're not, if you don't believe in God, it's still a barrier to love. Like it just is objectively not good for relationships. And when you're not aware of it, it is the worst because you're kind of just wielding it around and, and all of us have it, right? We're all selfish in pre-pandemic, pandemic, post-pandemic, like we're selfishness is just life, part of life. But like, I think you're right. At least for me, that really resonated where I was like, oh yeah, definitely totally. my inner world has become my world <laughs> yeah. you know? instead of it just being my inner world. And then having to negotiate with the world, like now it's just my yeah. world because I very few you know, people around me are just so comfy to me because they're my family or my, you know, inner sanctum circle people that I don't get challenged as much. So, yeah. Yeah. So true. I, I'm like, this is really resonating with me. Yesterday I was, I had a, um, kind of a meeting, meeting greet thing with, with some of my lab mates and like, there were, I don't know, five or six of us there. And I talked a lot. Like, I think I talked the most of anyone and for like the entire time. And in my mind, I'm like, well, but my, but I have so much things to say and it's so interesting. And then afterwards I was kind of like, what was that? Like, what did that come from? You know, but I'm, I'm like, what you're saying, Kat, about this sort of selfishness that we've all inadvertently kind of maybe, maybe not all of us, but like many of us might have um, kind of developed just by virtue of being alone more. I'm like, yeah, that's, that makes sense, you know? So it's a, it's a really good to, I'm definitely going to think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much, honestly, we could talk about, and I think it's going to get more and more interesting, hopefully in Ontario as things open back up again, but even as the world kind of has been changed by this whole mm-hmm. situation. Um, so yeah. So thank you for helping us get started thinking about this cat. It's been totally. so fun to chat about. Um, so we're going to just talk about God winks now, which, um, if you're a new listener, um, first of all, welcome. Thank you for listening. Um, and we, we have this thing because normally this has been a pretty lighthearted episode, but we talk a lot about suffering on this podcast. So sometimes our episodes are real intense and there's crying and there's a lot of, you know, it's very deep and intense. And so we want to make sure we include joy and humor because God is, you know, all about that as well. And so we have this idea of God winks where basically we look at our lives and we think about, you know, just ways in which God communicates with us that are just cute and hilarious and, you know, and he uses everything. So we want to develop that habit in our own lives and encourage other people to, to notice the Lord speaking to you in everything, you know? So Kat, did and you- it started, oh, sorry. Oh, no, yeah. Tell Aaron's thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. cause and it started by Aaron, um, who's not here today. And, but she, she had, uh, she had the experience where she just had like a really rough day. And I don't remember what the context was, but anyways, it was a really rough day. And she ended up going to, to Tim Hortons and she was going to get a coffee or and a cookie or something. And they had, they had this, you know, I think it's like, one month a year where they have these smile cookies and it's like, you know, just a chocolate chip cookie with a smile, um, 
frosting on it and they're just raising money for for something um I used to work at Tim Hortons. I should remember what they're raising money for. I don't know. Anyways, um, <laughs> but she, but the, so she went and looked and I guess it was a really hot day and all of the faces on the cookies had like melted off and they looked really like grotesque and like You're awful. Like crying. Yeah. yeah. Like crying. And she looked at it and she was like, this is like my life right now is these cookies, <laughs> you know, but then it was just like funny. So she started, she felt like God was kind of poking fun me like, Hey, you know, there's, this is, uh, I see you, you know? And then she just kind of like felt more lighthearted after that so that's kind of like the classic uh, the og the OG god wink wink. story <laughs> yep. i love it yep. yeah so kat had something you said you had like a little a little yes cute. a little god wink but actually it kind of touches a little bit i wanted to end it on this last point because rachel you brought it up when we were chatting to prepare for this about like listening mm-hmm. like listening is probably the skill that we could all do better at any point in time but it's definitely the thing that you said like when you said like yeah like that's really the one to combat like selfishness and that's true like conversational selfishness is listening and it ties into my god wings so I was like I'll just throw that in there um segue (laughs) but the good segue um but sometimes after work like most days after work I'll drive to my fiance's place and then we'll hang out for a bit before I go home and I've noticed that the past I want to say at least two weeks, like no matter what time I leave, which tends to be a differing time, Harry Styles' Watermelon Sugar will play, which is like Mm -hmm. Ruben's favorite, like, (laughs) like summer song. And it doesn't matter. It'll be a different radio station. It'll be a different time each day, but like, it'll play, like, I want to say like four out of five work days, like no matter what time I leave. Mm -hmm. And every time it plays, I'll think of Ruben, which is really cute because I'm usually on my way to see him. So that's just like a nice little God wink. Um, it's like it's like a day. soundtrack. It's like a Ruben soundtrack on your way. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Which has been yeah. so like I should also share some context of like so. Cat mentioned she's getting married in the fall, but like if um you know I'm good friends and I am been ready for them to get married because their wedding date has been changed so much this in the last because of the pandemic for various reasons. And so I just feel like it's been so you guys have weathered that storm so well that it's really cute. God just like encouraging you, you know, in whatever Mm -hmm. way, (laughs) watermelon sugar included, um, you know, and actually I have a wedding related God wink also, maybe I'll share, which is Mm -hmm my brother's wedding in order to fit all the people we, we, or they had wanted, which was just 10, you know, they only have the 10, a lot, 10 people allotted. Um, I was cantering their wedding and I cantered it from outside the church. So like literally outside the church. <laughs> so, so I was standing in the parking lot of the church and there's a window that I could see the altar through. And I was, I had these giant headphones that I have on right now plugged into a radio, which was plugged into the car so that it was on, that was picking up the frequency of what was happening in church live with my guitar and a wireless mic that was like on their radio frequency. And and a stand of music with like paperweights because the wind oh and my gosh. it was like a freaking circus. I was like running an entire circus act out there all through the mass <laughs> just to make sure the music like went smoothly. But it was so, I mean, I guess it's more than a God wink. It was like, it went so well. Like if you didn't know I was outside, you wouldn't know I was outside. And that was just totally mm-hmm. God. But the other thing is the the song that they've requested for their for their signing of the regist- registry was Garden by Matt Marr. You know, it's a great mm. song. 
And so I'm playing that song and I'm singing and I'm outside and the birds are just chirping away. And so all through the church, like while I'm singing this song, it's like literally actual like birds chirping and stuff like that. Like it was beautiful. So there was like, there's some really gorgeous moments that came out of that. So beautiful. Anyways, that's That's beautiful. um, yeah, right. Wedding, pandemic wedding related stuff must be full of God winks. I feel like for any Catholics mm. that got married in the pandemic or post pandemic or whatever, because it's just been a crazy time. But um, thank you, Kat, for coming on. It's been so good. Um, yeah. And I guess we will see you guys next or hear you'll hear from us listeners next Monday. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate all of you. And uh, yeah, till next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.